Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo starts now. Straight up, two o'clock on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambo! Burnsy, what's going on? Wishing I was Daniel Snyder today. That's what's going on. Six billion dollars. Yeah, you, you, you invest 800 million, you turn it into six billion. That's a pretty good return on investment right there. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, I don't wish I was. Well, you know what? I, I was going to say, hold on a second. Yeah, I was going to do I wish I was Daniel Snyder? No, because yes. he's going to have the whole world crumbling down on top of them, but in that specific instance, to take something that you bought for $800 million and to sell it for $6 billion? Jeez. Okay, you could be him for a day. For, for a day? For a day. Then so you can go back to being you. <laughs> for one day. I would transfer, I would Venmo me all of that money, and then I would be me. Is, is there a limit on how much you can Venmo? Is there, is there like I'm a, sure there is. Like if I tried to Venmo myself... You know, $6 billion, uh, could I do that? How about this? Random poll question today. If you randomly just got $6 billion, what is the first thing that you would buy? Villa. Lake Como. This uh, is Villa that I'm looking at still for sale. I would buy $6 billion. I would I would make multiple purchases. Well, okay, I would, I would buy two things at the same time. House on the beach, house in the mountains. Where in the beach? You know, I don't know. I mean, somewhere like right on the walkout. I'm on the beach, and I would buy somewhere. I'd in the buy mountains, an island. Ski in, ski out. A whole island? I would buy an entire island. An entire island. Somebody did just bought an island, like a basketball player or something, like a week ago. Really? Yeah, somebody bought an island, a basketball player. Google that, somebody, Basketball please. player. Reggie Bullock. Oh, Reggie, Reggie bought an island. Reggie Bullock bought an island? Yeah. I yeah, want an Bullock island. Bought an island. Bullock Island. It wasn't that much. It was it's, like two million bucks. It's, it wasn't that much. <laughs> no, it wasn't. That's not that much to have a freaking island. You have an island. Two million dollars at your island. I don't know. Nobody could go on it. Where is where is Bullock Island? It's uh, Bel- is it? Belize. Belize. Oh, Belize. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I would buy an island. Bullock Island. Yeah. yeah just, just and if I want to not island. talk to anybody, I'll just stay on a freaking island. <laughs> well, unfortunately, uh, your job today is to talk to lots of people uh, mm-hmm. here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Let's do it. Let's weigh in with our top story of the day here on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, the weigh in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Suns, Clippers, the previews are coming fast and furious We're now. ready. We, we, are, we just have one more show. One more show after today before we're actually talking about the series. Because yep. on Monday, we will be talking about the Suns either up one nothing or down one nothing. Yeah, and we all kind of knew this week was going to be like this, right? Like, we knew this week was going to be like this time a year ago. All right, we were like super invested in the play-in games because we were basically waiting to see who the Suns were going to play. Who's it going to be? And we all had our own rooting interests. Yeah. What we wanted to happen and how we wanted. This week has been a little different. We've known from day one, from Sunday, that it was going to be the L.A. Clippers. We've had a lot of time to think about this series, a lot of time to kind of project this series. And yet, no matter how many times, no matter how many preview articles we read about it, no matter how many times we think about this series, it seems like it comes down to the top-heavy nature of it. Suns have four stars. 
stars. The Clippers have one, but maybe one of the deepest teams in the NBA with a superstar in Paul George that we may or may not see this series. It and Russell seems- Westbrook on any given night can play like a superstar. He's the wildest X factor in the whole any thing. Any given isn't night, he? he can play like a superstar. Yeah, you know, but the difference with with superstars, we go over this all the time. Superstars. That's why he's not a superstar anymore because superstars give it to you ninety percent of the time. You know, nine out of ten games, these guys are lights out. They'll have the occasional off game, but for the most part, you can count them in. Teams will say, "You got yeah, that guy's going to get his 30-35. You just got to let him. We got to stop everybody else." That's because he's a superstar, and there's nothing you could do that's going to prevent him from, from shutting him down. Now, playoffs are a little bit different because so, you know teams will uh, you know trap and double and stuff like that. So you can see superstars have more bad games in the playoffs because you're playing better teams with better defenses. But through the course of a regular season. And that's what a superstar does. He brings it almost night in and night out. One of the previews that we read about it today going into the show was, and I, I have a feeling we're going to be talking about this a lot today and probably tomorrow too, is all about Kawhi Leonard. And okay, not knowing the status of Paul okay. George, not knowing when he's going to play or yep. anything. But this preview that you sent me today brings up, I think, what will continue to be one of the most interesting things to watch in this series. Kawhi Leonard, when he's right, is one of the best two-way players the game has ever seen. He's yes. awesome at it, okay? He hasn't been right all year. They've been very careful with him all year. And they certainly, since he doesn't have Paul George to help out, they certainly don't want to wear out Kawhi Leonard by putting him on Kevin Durant the whole game. How does Ty Lue deploy what used to be one of the best two-way players in the NBA, who still might reach that level, but we just don't know because of how he's been used. How often does he guard Kevin Durant? How often is the best two-way player in the game covering one of the best offensive players in the game? Or how much do they want to save him so they don't wear his butt out defensively? Durant. Now, here's what they say, and I'll tell you what I think from talking to people in the NBA. It says the Clippers really lack anyone with the size to effectively eyeball KD on defense, but they do have the quality in Kawhi, which means we'll see the mano a mano for scattered minutes throughout each game. The Clippers would be foolish to assign Kawhi on KD for generous minutes and risk Kawhi getting in foul trouble. I think that they start Kawhi off on a Kogi. That's what, you know, now, now talking to NBA players and coaches and people in the game, it makes a lot lot of sense to do that. One, you let him rest a little bit on defense, guarding a Kogi, and then you also that allows him to be stronger offensively where you really need him, because they don't have the superstars offensively that the Suns do. You need Kawhi to get you 30-35, but with that being said, the Clippers are really good defensively. They're the best switching team in the NBA, if not one of the best switching teams in the NBA, and the thought will be let a Kogi sit in a corner and you'll leave him. You'll stay with him for the first 10, 12, 15 seconds so you don't wear yourself down. But you will double, you will switch, and you will help all the time. So the second the Suns start getting into their offense and they make, then you switch, then you get on, then you get on a double, then you do a trap, and you use Kawhi for that. So that way there's always two guys, you know, it could be the ball gets to Booker and you're going to trap him with Kawhi. It gets to KD, you're going to trap him with Kawhi. You're going to double. So that's what you'll use. That I think that they'll use Kawhi for. I don't think you start him on Durant because, again, you don't want to get him in foul trouble. I don't think you start him on Book. At times, you may want to Durant hits four shots in a row. You may say, okay, you start him on this possession. Let's get him off of his roll. You try to do that. But I think it would make sense to have Kawhi as the main helper defensively. It, it makes sense because not only the foul trouble, but just the idea that Kawhi, they've been so cautious with him all year long, monitoring his minutes, monitoring his back. 
back-to-backs. You're going to wear him out if you just put him on Kevin Durant and say, okay, go guard him. Oh, and we need 32 points from you tonight, right? Like, we need you to be we need to be great at both ends. I just don't know if you can ask that of a player that you've been so cautious about unless that was the reason why you were cautious with him, right? You were protecting him for this moment. You were saving him for the right now, and you were probably planning on having Paul George. And again, in this preview that you sent, that, of course, is one of the other yeah. big factors in this is Paul George. And, and they're kind of going with your theory on this one, which I, I quietly suspect is probably what we're going to see. Paul George, when the series shifts back to Los Angeles, games three and game four, you suggested as much. They kind of suggested as much. Yes. And in the back of my mind, that little voice is kind of telling me that's probably what we're going to get. The question will be how effective will Paul George be after missing that much time? Yeah, it's probably like when KD came back. That first game back wasn't very good. It might be he doesn't play very well that first game back. He needs to get the rust off. But if the Suns can get, get up 2 nothing, and you go to L.A. And, and Paul George is not very good in that game, you get up 3 nothing. well, it's a waste. It's not going to matter. You're not coming back. The other things they say, Chris Paul's impact, and says here's what's in his favor. L.A. lacks an all-star point guard to match against him. Um, talks about Russell Westbrook being unpredictable, prone to turnovers, shots he misses. Paul George, like you mentioned, and here's one I like. I wanted to talk about this for a second. That's why I'm kind of rushing through. X-Factor. They say the X-Factor in the series could be Norman Powell. <laughs> he says, just out- laughing because everybody's got a different X-Factor yeah, for this sure. series. Outside of PG and Kawhi, Powell was the most consistent and dependable player on the Clippers roster. He emerged as one of the game's best sixth men with solid play, averaging 17 points in 26 minutes, serving as a security blanket whenever Kawhi or PG couldn't suit up. Um, so Powell brings decent shooting range, 40%, and a strong body to match up defensively. So they think an X-factor in this series could be Norman Powell of the Clippers. I mean, look, I think that roster... With the way it's constructed, I think they have a lot of X-Factors. They have a lot of guys where on any given night, I mean, it sort of reminds me of two years ago mm-hmm. with the Suns and the Clippers, right? Where it was it was Reggie Jackson, it was Pat Bev, it was it was Marcus Morris at times. Right? There were there were times that there was like a bunch of different guys who in their own private little moments were X-Factors in that series. And I think when you've built a roster the way the Clippers have built their roster, if you're a Suns fan, that's what scares you a little bit. Okay, you know about Kawhi. You know Paul George could be back. But until Paul George comes back, who is, is it? Norman Powell? Is it Westbrook? Is it is that there's so many guys that it could be on that roster? The Clippers are kind of a mystery team in that regard because we're just not quite sure who is going to step up and be the guy for them to help out Kawhi. Yeah, with the Suns, with the Suns, you're like, okay, you know, you you can either let Book and Durant get theirs and stop everybody else, or you could try to stop Booker and Durant and try to see if those other guys will beat you. With the with the Clippers, it's pretty simple. I mean. You've got to have a game plan that every time Kawhi gets the ball, that you trap him, that yeah. you double him, that you put two bodies on him, and you try to let Nor- the Norman Powells of the world beat you. But the Norman Powells of the world are also pretty good. really, really good. Yeah, they're, they're pretty good. good. Phoenix Suns are back in the playoffs. Obviously, and we're giving you the chance to score the hottest ticket in town. That would be Suns playoff tickets. Text the word "ticket" to six twenty six twenty. Register and listen for your name today in the five o'clock hour for your chance to win game one to, to qualify. I should say game one tickets to see the Suns take on the Clippers again. Text the word "ticket" to six twenty six twenty. An NBA title. Nobody wants it more than this one guy. Who is that guy? We'll talk about it coming up here on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, afternoons. 
Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. I think about that day when the very first Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns rumor sprouted up. And it was whatever it was, three years ago, right after the bubble, that summer after the bubble, that offseason after the bubble. And I remember you telling our audience, I can't shoot this down. I can't say no to this. I, I, I'm not being told that this isn't going to happen. It's, it's, this is legit. This could happen. Right. And, and ever since that moment when Chris Paul has officially been ours, we're going into the third postseason now of Chris Paul. We've gone through this same exercise every single time, right? Like in these days leading up to the, the, the postseason opener. Okay. Chris Paul, best player to not have a title. Best active player in the NBA to not have a title. The guy I've, I've seen, I can't tell you how many videos I've seen the last two or three days, whether it's Stephen A. Smith, whether it's Alan Hahn, your buddy from Newsday, he was on ESPN this morning. And they're all coming up with lists of the, the, the top two guys who can validate their career with a ring or the top five guys who need to win a ring this year in the it's postseason. It's such a talking point, isn't it? It really is. I mean, like, it's like the league... In a league that that really highlights the individual, the way the NBA is so good at it, right? Like, they are really, really good at the superstar player. Man, they love the idea of that player getting a ring because it's such an empty spot if you don't have one. There's no question. And and there's a big debate on whether it defines your career or not. You know, and there's some people that think it does, that you need that ring to define your career. And there's others that don't. Look, John Stockton's one of the greatest players ever. No ring. Carl Malone, one of the greatest players ever. No ring. Patrick Ewing, Charles Barkley. But it does it, it, it it doesn't, it doesn't go ignored that you didn't win one, right? I mean, he's one of the greatest players, but he didn't win a win. I mean, that's the first thing that comes up with great players. It doesn't define you. Your legacy is set. You're one of the greatest players ever. You're a top 50. You're a top 100. You're going to have the, you're going to be in the Hall of Fame, you know, but it does, it, it comes with, it comes with the negative, not having the ring. Sure. You know, it does. It it has that negativity to it. It's like, he's one of the greatest players ever, but he's in that conversation. Guys, that didn't win a ring. Why didn't he win a ring? Well, not all the great players win rings. There's a lot of great players in the history of sports that have never won a ring. Especially this time of year where there's so much sports media and they're all looking for something to talk about. And we're no different here on the Burns and Gambo show, right? And and they're, I'm looking at it on Get Up this morning. Here's Alan Hahn, who's his top five NBA players that need to win a title this season. He had Jokic one. He had Chris Paul two. He had Joel Embiid three. He had James Harden four. He had Jason Tatum five. And basically saying these are the great players who need to sort of cement their greatness with a title. Now, Jokic is going to have lots of opportunities, and so's Embiid, and so's Hart. Well, Tatum, Tatum started to run out. Tatum's going to have a lot of opportunities. He's still young. Devin Booker is going to have a lot of opportunities over the course of his career. He's young. Chris Paul, he knows it. We know it. We can hear that little clock ticking. Yeah. We don't know how many more of these he's going to get, how and, many and more being shots. back here next year is not guaranteed. No. And I know a lot of people say that, well, if they don't win it this year, this next year. Well, there's not as much pressure this year. Really, the pressure would be next year. I mean, I get it, but next year's no guarantee. You know, somebody gets hurt, they're out for the year, boom, there it goes. Like, you know, your, your dreams, your hopes. So next year, there is no guarantee about next year. So I think you've got to take your opportunity this year. There was a story uh, about Chris Paul and he, uh, this comments. He told Sports Not, I ain't got no retirement ceremony. You know, his priorities, he's got his wife, he's got his son, he's got his daughter. And, you know, there's, and, and in health, he missed 21 games to a heel injury. Um, he's, he's had the right hip injury. 
injury. Uh, you know, he's he's had these injuries, these ailments that have that he's that has been suffering for years. It's hard time staying healthy, and now here comes the part of the schedule that is the most brutal on an older player. You're going to play today. You're off tomorrow. You play the next day. Then you're off. Then you play. 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 And you don't get a lot of rest. There's a lot of wear and tear. There's travel involved, and you know that's where you got to see if your body can hold up. Can your body hold up for six more weeks? And that's what you're asking your body to do. I got six more grueling weeks of pounding you. I need you to hold up for me. And if the Chris Paul's body holds up, I do think the Suns will win the championship. I don't think there has ever been a postseason one where Chris Paul's been surrounded by more talent and because of that too I don't think there's ever been a postseason where Chris Paul will need to do as less as he's going to have to do this postseason he's still going to be important and I'm not saying he's not but you think about just the first two postseasons with the Suns so much more was being asked of Chris Paul he was responsible for so much more last year Devin Booker goes out with a hamstring injury against the Pelicans it was all Chris Paul and he rose to the challenge he 14 for 14 in that in that series clincher against the Pelicans the two great games he had against the Dallas Mavericks to start that series before father time seemingly caught up with him at one moment you're so crazy uh, it, it was it like how he just, on a, on a Friday, he just woke up one morning and he was done. That's it. He was cooked. He was over the whole yeah. rest of the series. He's, I don't, he's still important. I don't think he's ever been less important in his entire NBA career than he is right his now. His role has just moved down from being one of the two primary players to being third or fourth. Yep. And that takes a lot of pressure off but, of you. But that's a really big shift for it, it is it you is. know and i'm not saying a bad thing necessarily in fact i think it's going to be a really good thing but that is a really big shift especially when you know your number one is out now you're the number one you've got to be the guy i think this this article is great because it points out and we know it we know all the great things chris paul has done in his career right the assists and the all nba nods and the all-star nods and the all defensive teams that we, we know chris paul's resume is one of the best in the nba i think chris mirrors the Suns and their quest for a championship. And here's what I mean by that. I, I, I read this article and I think, yeah, Chris, I'd really love for him to get a title. Man, he sure does deserve it to validate his career. You know who else deserves a title? The Phoenix Suns organization deserves a title. Because they've been one of the best in the NBA since the minute they walked in the door. And what's the one thing missing from their resume? Yeah, the championship. The ring. Mm-hmm. The ring. The Suns are Chris Paul. They've been to three championships, right? Yes, three. Lost to the Celtics in the early years, the 70s. Bulls in 93. The Bulls in 93 and then Milwaukee two years ago. So three times they've made it to the championship, all three times they've lost. But you're talking about one of the teams with the best all-time winning records in the history of the NBA. I yeah. think they're sixth or seventh in I mean, terms of winning percentage. How many Western Conference Finals appearances? Tons. I mean, tons, right? right. How many players? They, they are one of the most successful. They're like Chris Paul. They're one of the most successful entities in their organization. He's missing that one thing. doesn't have the ring to show for. So as much as I want to get wrapped up in, hey, let's go win one for Chris. And let's go win one for the Suns, right? Let's go win one for the team that has everything but that championship. I'm way more invested in that than I am invested in Chris's success. Does that make sense? Sure. I mean, you're a lifelong Suns fan. There are a lot of people. So here in Arizona, you're a Suns fan. You want the Suns to win it so desperately. I heard are people t- people talking about they want to do it for Al McCoy. Like, they want Al McCoy to have the last year. Like, yeah. man, you've been here for 51 years. Wouldn't it be nice to finally get one? 51 years ago, when they said you're going to start, you'll, you wouldn't have a ring when you finish. So no, no Nobody would have believed it. In 51 years, we're never going to win a ring. They haven't. So a lot of people want to see that happen. There are people that, you know, and I always say this about my 
yourself. Like there, you do root for people. There are people that root for people. So Chris Paul's relatively liked around the league. Maybe not so much in the league, and the referees don't like him. But <laughs> outside the league, people look at him and they relate to him. Right? He's not a big guy. He's not the most athletic looking guy. He does he's kind of funny in some of these commercials that he does and everything? And I think people somewhat relate to him, so they root for him. They want him to do well. They want Chris Paul to do well. They want him to get that ring. They don't want him to be in that conversation again. I don't think it defines who you are as a player, but it is a knock against you, unfortunately, when you have a, a, a great career and you don't end up with one ring. As always, you can text us your thoughts on the Suns, Chris Paul, anything about this playoff run that starts on Sunday. The FanDuel text line is open for you at 620-620 right now. When we come back, there is a lot of national love for the Suns to make it out of the West. Does our next guest agree that the Suns are going to make it out of the West? George Sedano from ESPN. He joins us next here on Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Suns run to the playoffs coverage. Brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Score up to 6.25% on your retirement savings. All right, just real quick, while we're dotting some I's and crossing some T's, we're getting George Sedano on the show. I just want to pass this along because it just came down a moment ago. Sham Sharani is tweeting out that, not that this has anything to do with the Suns until the Western Conference Finals, potentially. Andrew Wiggins is cleared to play in Game 1 versus the Kings on Saturday, according to Shams. So Wiggins is back. His first game since February 13th. He will come off the bench in a 20-25 to minute-per-game playing role, according to Sham Sharania. Wow. Okay. So no so, surprise. No, no. Surprise, no that's why, but, listen, I think if you're going to get him, and we don't know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I think I'd rather get Golden State now than later, but Kent, that's not going to happen. While they try to reincorporate Yeah, him. I think it's going to take some time. All right, let's uh, go out to the phone lines. And joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, welcome back in. George Sedano, we've had him on many, many times from ESPN 710, co-host of the Sedano and Cap Show, NBA sideline analysts, and we're here to talk about this Clippers matchup coming up with the Suns. George, how you doing today, man? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me back on. All right, before we talk Clippers, I mean, I watched that Lakers fiasco the other night, and man, they looked exhausted. And, you know, it was no Nas Reed. They didn't have Rudy Gobert, McDaniels. They barely won. Is there any belief out there in L.A. that this team can do some damage against Memphis? What's your definition of damage? Can they win the series? Yeah, I think they can win the series. I actually do believe that because they've matched up well against Memphis. Memphis is missing Brandon Clark. Memphis is missing Steven Adams. Jaron Jackson Jr., for as great as he is, a defensive player of the year candidate, is incredibly foul prone. And I just think that it's going to take Ja to have, and which is very possible, right? I think it's going to take Ja to have like this super nuclear type game, right? Where he just goes nuts for, you know, four out of seven. Uh, they don't have a matchup for him, so it's very possible. I think this is more of a toss-up than people give it credit for. I actually took the Lakers in seven in this one, and you know, the La- people will say that's a homer pick. It's funny because the organization thinks the opposite of me. They always feel like I'm always picking against them or, or picking on them. Uh. So, uh, yeah, so it's kind of weird. But <laughs> Can't figure that out sometimes. You really, really can't. All right, so Lakers talk aside, because I know we, we, we usually have you on to talk about the Lakers, but obviously you're there in L.A., and let's talk about this Clippers team a little bit because they, they are, in certain regards, a mystery, right? I mean, they've kind of protected Kawhi a, a lot during the regular season. Paul George, we didn't know, we don't know about his availability. They're obviously deep. They obviously have one of the best coaches in the NBA. What's your expectation level of the Clippers starting Sunday against the Suns? They play a tough series against you guys and and they lose. 
that's kind of the way I see it. I think they got the worst possible draw. Um, now, granted, they couldn't control their own destiny, but I feel like whoever got Sacramento, and I know the Sacramento people, if they happen to be listening, will be really upset about this. But that's who everybody wanted. And it's not for anything other than the fact that they play really bad defense. And in the playoffs, you need to play some semblance of defense. And they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league, even though they can put the ball in the basket as well as anybody. So the Clippers getting the Suns in the first round um, is not ideal. Uh, I know that you know they've only played X amount of games with KD or whatnot, and the Suns are dealing with their own set of issues, including depth or lack thereof. But, yeah, it's the worst draw possible. I mean, you guys, if healthy, if those top four guys are healthy, you guys should be the representative in the Western Conference. All right. We, we know Paul George isn't going to start this series. So one superstar in Kawhi. But, and we got to be realistic here, there are times when Russ can play like a superstar. He can't do it night in, night out like he used to. But if he can have three or four games where he's dynamic scoring the basketball and maybe does a good job pressuring Chris defensively, that might be a big, uh, big get for the Clippers. What are you seeing with the way Russ has been incorporated into that Clippers lineup? Well, I love the fact that Ty Lue doesn't have any sacred cows, right? Like, yes, he's a top 575 player of all time. He's a former MVP. But he has no fear in pulling him if things aren't going well. I'll give you the perfect example. When they played the Lakers in uh, the last week of the season, there was a lot of chatter about Russ playing against the Lakers, and he started off hot as hell in that game. He had 10 points and three assists in that game in the first, whatever it was, 11 minutes that he played. He finished playing 21 minutes. I feel, I, I'm pretty sure if you look it up, I feel like he finished with 10 points and three assists. So he just missed the rest of his shots. And Ty doesn't care uh, in that regard. If, if the perfect role for him there, because they don't need him the way the Lakers needed him because he's a buyout player, is that he plays about 20 to 25 minutes. And that's really what they expect from him. So, But to your point, he's had nights where, yeah, he looks like the old Russ. They have a lot of depth. That's the one thing they have in their favor. It's why I think it'll be a competitive series. I just don't think with a fully healthy Paul George, they have a shot of actually winning it. Define competitive. Six games, maybe okay. seven, okay. if oh. they get a break. So, you know? so, so in your mind, this, there, there could be a game seven between the Suns and the Clippers if everything breaks right for the Clippers in this one? Yeah, I, I think I think it's possible. Do okay. I think it's likely? Probably not, but I, I think it's possible, sure. George Sedano from uh, ESPN 710, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. What, for okay, beyond Kawhi being great, which obviously would be a requirement for this, what has to go right for the Clippers? What, what, what do they need to do well? What weapons do they have at their disposal to make this a competitive series against the Suns in your mind? They got to take care of the ball. They're really careless uh, with the turnovers, and they got to defend at a high level. They've had moments this year where they've been a, an elite level defense, and then they have had stretches where they've been one of the worst defensive teams. Now, I think some of that could just be the doldrums of the season and effort, but they need to defend at a high level here, no matter what. Now, everyone's trying now. <laughs> this isn't the regular season anymore, and sometimes even in the postseason, they've had some of those issues. So if they take care of the ball and they defend, and Kawhi is Kawhi, and they get contributions on a given night from a, a number of different players that they have that can be very effective from a Norman Powell, who in that game I was referencing had 27 points uh, against the Lakers. You know, they can find a guy to get them 25, uh, one other guy. I think that's possible. And I think as long as they get decent contributions from uh, the depth of their team, uh, I think they're fine. And here's the other thing. Zubats needs to be able to play at a high level. Now, he's been playing much better this year. He's a guy that 
They don't yank off the floor as much as they used to. And considering they're playing against DeAndre, and DeAndre, as we know, we've talked about it, uh, me and you guys, that sometimes his uh, you know, his effort wanes, right? And I think that that can't happen because Zubats is going to go 100, per, 100 miles per hour every time he's on the floor. So uh, I think they need Zubats to have a big series against DeAndre. They need to keep the turnovers down and just make sure that they defend at a high level. But um, I, I just don't know if they have enough scoring punch. It, it, that's the biggest issue for me, ultimately, because they can do all those things and still lose this series. I think the thing we're looking at is there's two ways to play the Suns, right? You put a lot of emphasis on doubling and trapping Booker and Durant when they get the ball, and you try to let those other guys beat you, which is Paul, Aiton, and even Josh Okogie. But it was a game where Dallas almost beat the Suns with Durant a few weeks ago, and they let Okogie shoot the ball 13 times. He was right. 0 for 8 from three-point range. They left him alone in the corner, and then they doubled every time Durant or Book got the ball. Now, Book and Durant played well. You could go the other way. You could say, okay, those guys are going to get their 35. I can't stop that. Let me stop everybody else and stop D.A. and Paul and Okogie and other guys from having a good game. Which which way do you see the Clippers play in this? Oh, I think they're going to... I think that they're going to try to mix it up. I mean, Ty is not a play-one style kind of guy. Like, I think Ty is one of the best tacticians in the sport. If I were ranking coaches, like just on, like currently in in the play in or playoffs, as far as uh, their schematics and things of that nature, it'd probably be Ty and Spolstra somewhere at the top, right? Like one of those two guys. So I think he's going to show Kevin different looks. I think they may double and take the ball out of his hand sometimes and just live with what happens with Booker if they can rotate. Um, I think that they're going to, to your point, some nights they're just going to keep one guy on those guys uh, and maybe and maybe shade a second guy and let an Okogi shoot, right? And let those guys try to shoot the lights out and say, all right, if you're going to beat us, those guys are going to have to do it. But I don't think there's going to be one set of coverages when it comes to them defensively. Um, I think they're going to show hard sometimes on Book and Kevin. And I think sometimes they'll try to disguise this stuff. But, yeah, I, I think if – if you were a betting man, would they, would you bet on them trying to make sure the others beat you? Yeah, I mean, I would say the majority of the series would probably be that. An open invitation, as always, to pop in and say hi if you're here in town for your ESPN duties. We'll be here for you, George, okay? Well, this series, it's, I just looked at the schedule. You guys have almost all TNT games. And there's actually an NBA TV game for you guys. I was stunned that that's the case. What? Yeah. NBA what? TV game? I was stunned. Maybe I looked at the wrong thing. Maybe I got ball sack sports. Uh, you know what I'm saying on Twitter, but I, I feel like I saw one game that was an NBA TV game, um, and then everything else is Turner. At least in the first round, well, in the first like five or six games. It is the Sun, so they have to play every other day. Unlike the Lakers, who play and then get like three days off, and then play and they get three days off. You know, so I mean, the Suns are going every other day in this in this series. That can't be the case, is it? Like, there's like the first round takes like two weeks. The Suns no, are playing Suns. every other. This happened to them last year. They're playing every other day except one. Only one time in the series do they not play every other day. When we looked at the Lakers schedule yesterday, like the first few days, they get like three. They get extra days off. George, this is legit. Okay, this is this is absolutely legit. The Suns could have swept the Clippers before the Lakers will have played Game Three against the Grizzlies. That is a fact. 
according to the That's schedule. Wild, it's wild. Hold on, let me look at the schedule. You got to give LeBron his rest. I mean, the NBA <laughs> knows that he's an older guy. Did you see him after that lob pass to Anthony Davis in overtime? He grabbed his knees. I thought he was going to collapse. He was so tired. Yeah, game three of the Lakers series is the night of the twenty second. Game four of the Suns Clippers series is the day of the twenty second. So it's, oh wow, you're right. I am looking at the schedule here. That is insane. insane. I never would have guessed yeah. that. Was it's, the it's insane. Wow, it's absolutely insane. Uh, preferential right. treatment. Well, you know, you guys got all those spry legs there with like you know CP3 and uh, and, and KD. So there you go. <laughs> George, it's always a pleasure, man. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right, gentlemen, have a great show. Yeah, thank you. George Sedano from ESPN 710, co-host of the Sedano and Cap Show, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We all know the Cardinals might be moving down in the NFL drafts. What list of teams might be looking to move up into their spots? Some you know, some may surprise you. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter Poll, presented by Sanderson Ford. All right, Eric is here with today's Twitter Poll question, and if I'm not mistaken, it's a poll question that was inspired by something we're going to talk about coming up at 3 o'clock. What you got for us today, Eric? Well, this was inspired by the great old Gambo email that we get every single day. Wow. Stirred the pot a little bit, huh? Wow. That's right. The 23 page That was a very early email. Very early email today. <laughs> it was. Somebody, uh, uh, somebody not sleeping well I last night? I, I couldn't sleep last night, man. He's excited I, for the playoffs. <laughs> I was like working at 3 a.m. I could have sent that email at 3 a.m. Oh, my man. Glad you didn't. If I'd have woken up to a Gambo email, I would have thought, How would you know you got an email from me at 3 a.m.? No, I wouldn't, but I mean, I would, am I on I your, would wake am up. Am I on and, your list? No, you're not. Of, no, of important me. people that the phone will ring for at 3 a.m.? Trust me. You are wow. not You are uh, not on the list of people who my phone will ring through if you call uh, or text. Okay. He's calling you, telling you about some rotation that he noticed <laughs> in the fourth game of the season. Birdie! Birdie! He, he used to do that. I used to wake up and I missed like five text messages. From Gambo. This was back when he was staying up till like midnight. I'd wake up and I'd be like, damn, Gambo, go to sleep. Get some rest. Get some sleep. Now I don't worry about that anymore. Now I, I don't get those middle of the night texts from Gambo anymore, but I guess we could have. All right, enough of that. What's the poll question? Poll question today. Both players have accumulated relatively equal accolades throughout their career, and they currently play for teams that have never won a championship in the NBA. Whose status takes a greater jump should they win it all this year? Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant? It is a really... I'll give you credit, man. Your sleepless gambo came up with a good I, one. This was all me. This isn't anywhere. But, you know, you, and we're going to talk about it later. But, I mean, both guys, side-by-side comparisons of Kawhi and KD, they're very similar. Very similar. Whose status takes a bigger jump? We will... Wow. Flesh this out later. But I'm going to vote for Kevin Durant. I was going to vote for Kawhi. Okay. You guys think it's close? Oh, it's really close. I bet the vote. Can you imagine close. winning a championship with three different teams? I bet Can the- you imagine that legacy? Yeah. Spurs, Raptors, Clippers. Right, we're going to talk about this at three. So, okay, yes, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, we can't get too excited about this, Eric. Sorry. In the we fans can't. are not agreeing with you guys. It's not close according to the fans. 75.7% say it's Kevin Durant. Yeah. Only 24.3% say Kawhi Leonard. Can you put this? Now that can you put is this, a poll question. Can you put this poll question in a in a neutral state? Yeah. Switzerland? I, that, that might be it. Can yeah. you put it in Switzerland? Yeah, it, I'll try. That's a neutral country, but. 
it. Same idea, right? <laughs> just get a VPN. Just put it somewhere that's not California or uh, Arizona, because I, I got to imagine that that has a lot to do with it. We'll explain our rationale and our reasoning for choosing why we did, even though I think Gambo gave you a sneak peek of his. Um, Mel Kuyper with Wolf and Luke today, NFL Draft Insider from ESPN, hearing that Houston could move out of two, perhaps, in the NFL draft wow. and even further increase the value of Arizona's pick at three. I'll let him explain. I don't, I, I'm hearing all this stuff about Houston now maybe moving out of two, which or not taking a quarterback. I don't know what the deal is there when you have a C.J. Stroud or a Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and you don't have a quarterback or you're going to wait till next year. Uh, Houston kind of baffles me a little bit, but they surprised us last year taking Derek Stingley Jr. over Sauce Gardner, and maybe they'll do it again, which would make Harry imagine if they took somebody other than a quarterback, how valuable that Arizona pick would be at three. That can, here we are. I can't imagine it. No. Two weeks from the draft. No. That's two weeks from right now. This chatter about Houston doing something else at two that not taking a quarterback. Yeah. Here we go again with this. I think the ratings on all the NFL shows are down a little bit. And like, what can we do to spice it up? The Houston's going to trade out of two. Go with it. I, I can't. I can't fathom that. I really. I can't imagine that you're sitting there and you need a quarterback and you could have the second best quarterback right there on the table on your team. You could have either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, and you're going to trade out of that pick when you need a quarterback. I don't get it. It doesn't. It, it doesn't compute. Like it doesn't compute. If that happens, it will be the shock of the NFL draft. It might be the shock of the last ten teams move up to get a quarterback. They yeah. don't move out of get. When you need a quarterback, you move up to get one. You mortgage the future. What team in their right mind needs a quarterback sitting there at two and they say, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to trade down." What? I'm going to trade down. Well, it, it, I might be able to get somebody out of retirement to come quarterback my team. That doesn't happen. And, and he mentioned, okay, he mentioned the idea of that maybe it's not even trading out of two, but it's like taking a non-quarterback at two. And we've seen some mock drafts that have suggested that. We've seen some ideas. Peter King was the one who suggested that, what, two weeks ago? Like, hey, I'm, I'm hearing that Houston might take Will Anderson at number two. He reported that a couple of weeks ago. Peter, put this out there for me. I got your well, stake there and, the next time you're in town. And Come that's, on. And that's the thing. Is look, all of these NFL insiders, they've got good sources. They go with what they think and what they're being told and all that stuff. But we all know this time of year, there's a lot of bad information that's getting thrown out there in the marketplace, right? Like everyone's trying to put, you know, actual truth out there, fake ideas, get people react, get people thinking you're going to, you're going to do this, you're going to zig when you're going to zag. That, that's part of the landscape with the NFL draft. So I'm not surprised in that regard. Of course, if, if it does happen, if the, the Houston Texans do something other than take a quarterback at number two. Mel Kuyper's right about that. Arizona's spot gets even better in terms of making a trade. Number yeah. one, you know they're going to make it. Okay, like Will Anderson's gone at two. It's a guarantee the Cardinals are trading out of three. It's a guarantee. It's done. It's happening. And the value of trading out of three just went up a little bit more. It's an extra draft pick. It's an extra first round pick. It's an extra because now the team moving up to three can get the second best quarterback in the NFL draft if the Houston Texans go with anything other than a quarterback at number two. Puts them in an incredibly powerful position it does. if that happens. And they're in a powerful powerful position as it is. Yes. Yes. Because I do think there are three quarterbacks that could go one, two, and three. But if you could get 
If Houston shocks the world and does something that nobody expects them to do, at least we don't expect them to do it, then, yeah, you're talking about trading the second-best quarterback. There was a story on the Pro Football Network today uh, which teams are motivated to trade up or trade yeah, down I like this. in this round good. one. Yeah, Trade down, obviously, the Cardinals at number three got a big mention. Trade up, here are the teams that were listed. The Colts at number four might want to trade up. We suspected that. Totally. The Raiders at seven might want to trade up in this draft. The Titans at 11. Those are three teams we've talked a lot about. All of them have a quarterback. The Titans have a quarterback they don't want. The Raiders got rid of their quarterback. Who's the other team you mentioned? Uh, the Raiders. The Raiders. The Titans. Titans. The Titans have and a quarterback. The and the Colts. The Colts don't have a quarterback. So all of these teams either don't have a quarterback, just got rid of a quarterback, or have a quarterback that they don't really like. Here are three teams that we haven't talked a lot about. One we talked a lot about yesterday, the Houston Texans at yeah. 12. Moving back up, right? Taking Will Anderson at 2 and then using 12 and all their picks to move back up. Up with the Cardinals or somebody else to get another quarterback. The Patriots at 14, they never go up. They never go up. But if they're not sold on Mac Jones, if they're not sold on Bailey Zappi, maybe they're moving up to get one of these quarterbacks. There's been a lot of discussion that they, they're they kind of floating Mac Jones's name out there to see if they could trade him. Yeah. Look, by now, like you've seen Mac Jones enough. If you're, you're Bill Belichick, you've. You know, look, he's not going to be Tom Brady, but you have a pretty good understanding. Can I win with this guy or not? And what you don't want to do is you don't want to hold on to a guy for seven or eight years knowing that you can't win with him only because you're afraid of what else is out there and having a worse quarterback. And then there's one other team that's been getting a lot of run the last 24 hours, and I just can't imagine this happening. The Vikings at number 23 as a moving oh, up franchise. Okay, okay. This is fascinating because yesterday, and I didn't, I, I saw it and I didn't even put it in the email because I'm like, guys. This, this this isn't going to happen. Trade rumors are swirling around Kirk Cousins. There's a couple of stories. Mm. Kirk Cousins' trade rumors are swirling. A deal could make sense for the Vikings. What are the rumors right now? Public, publicly, publicly, everything the Vikings are saying is peachy when it comes to Cousins. Cousins. The undercurrent is a little different. Last week, there were credible rumors that the 49ers and Vikings discussed a potential trade at the Combine, one that would have, would have brought Trey Lance to Minnesota. Wow. Now, I saw that, and I... I didn't include it because sometimes you sometimes you see things and you're like, I, I just, I don't really buy it. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like when I was tipped off like a week before that the Hopkins was getting traded to the Cardinals for um, David Johnson. And I was like, oh my God, this is the stupidest thing ever. I'm not going to go with this. I still have all the messages. I had, week, I had it a week earlier and I didn't buy it. Like, didn't I didn't buy, buy, I didn't buy it. You couldn't yeah. believe it. We, we teased it in our poll question. Whose legacy takes a greater leap if they win it all this year? Kawhi? Or KD. It's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.